Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just $60, bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Here are some uncomfortable stats for you. Black children make up 5% of England's under-18 population but they represent 8% of children currently in care. It's also a well-known fact that when it comes to children waiting for adoption, black boys have to wait the longest, waiting over a year longer than white children for their forever family. When we're talking about fostering, nearly a quarter of children in care are classified as black, Asian or minority ethnic but only 13% of foster carers are. And in the last couple of years, all children are waiting longer to find foster homes. And in England alone, we need 7,220 more foster families to meet the demand. Welcome to Black Ballad Presents The Survival Guide. And this is episode 9. Today we're talking about fostering because there are more ways to mother than being someone's biological parent. Back when we did our motherhood survey in January 2020, we asked black women who fostered what their motivations were. The ethnic gap in available placements for black children was selected by 68% of respondents as being a top three factor motivating their decision. As always, there has been some hand-wringing and government talk about money being put aside, especially to recruit black, Asian and minority ethnic families. And while I can't help but be sceptical about the actual success of such diversity schemes, fostering is incredibly important, which is why I needed to speak to today's guest. I'm Anika, Anika Blake, from Birmingham, um, First, oh my gosh, 30 years old. Remember we used to say we was in our 20s? Oh God. So yeah, I'm 30 years old. I'm a foster carer, hence why I'm here today to talk about my experiences. That's me so far. When I was a little girl, like before like boys came into the picture, I was always like, yeah, I'm going to be a mum. But I kind of picture it as being a single parent. I didn't really see it as being with someone else in because that's what I knew because I was raised in a single parent household so when I pictured family I just pictured yeah I'm gonna have a baby and it's just gonna be me looking after this baby doing everything I want for this baby so that was kind of my when I was playing with Barbies and stuff I didn't have no Ken (laughs) coming around it was just yeah Barbie and the baby just doing their thing kind of thing so yeah I was kind of play role in single parent household 
Anika did have families around her where there was a male presence in the household, but she just saw them as a different type of family setup. When she got older, she studied youth work and began working with young people as a career. She planned that one day after she became a mother, she would foster children alongside her own family. But when her family circumstances changed, the plan changed. My nephew ended up being in care. First of all, he was fostered and his foster placement broke down and then he ended up being in that care home. And due to like loads of different concerns and behaviour issues, he ended up being in the care home with three to one staff. So we had to have free staff to him. So in certain care homes, there'll probably be free staff and there'll be like six young people, but he could only be in a care home by himself with free staff. And because I've worked in care homes and I've done that kind of sector, I was thinking, I can't be out here saving other people's kids. And I got my nephew in there, just not really working out in the situation he is. Because my mum had him from birth. And the reason why he ended up being in care, because my mum got dementia, so she could no longer care for him. So I just saw it as I had to take over my mum's kind of role. I had to go in and, yeah, continue what my mum was doing and care and bring him up kind of thing. So it wasn't an easy path to become a foster care because clearly I don't have no kids myself. But it was lucky through my experience of my career that I was able to apply and gain. Even though Anika was going to be taking care of her own nephew, the assessment she undertook to become his foster carer can only be described as... Intrusive. So (laughs) I do encourage people to do it, but it's hella intrusive. So first of all, when I was applying to put myself forward, because I said I'll be the best person to be with him, because when he was coming back to the family on the weekends, he's... It wasn't like his behaviour was much better than what it was in the care home. So we were saying that he needs to be back in the family environment. So that was my argument to get him. So that's how I got started to get assessed and stuff. But when I started doing the assessment, it was because they're asking you literally questions from like your childhood. How was you brought up? How was your parents? How did they bring you up? So obviously my mum used to bring up with the old school ruling and she used to beat us and kind of things. And they were saying, so what would you do in the future? And I was <laughs> kind of thing. I was like, well, I know that is wrong. I know <laughs> um, hitting your child is wrong and I'll use different forms of discipline and stuff. So you kind of have to talk about what you will do because I haven't got children of myself. So I'll have to talk about the experiences of what kind of um, discipline I used when I was working within the care home. They're asking questions because at the time I was dating someone. So they're asking questions about who you're dating and um, do you think it's seen it to be long term? And it's a difficult one because like you're putting pressure on me to see if it's going to be long term. And if, if you ain't on it to be long term, I'm like, so I'm asking him, what is it kind of thing? And then... <laughs> Awkward conversation. <laughs> and then she's saying that if he's looking to be a partner and come round to the house and stuff, he's got to get have the DBS checked. And he was not looking for anyone to come to his house and be DBS checked and stuff. So that kind of broke down my dating relationship that I had in that situation. So you have to be like prepared in all areas in your life to do this because also career as well I was working full-time but because due to my nephew's behavioral issues I had to leave work as well so 
I had to fight because when you're a family member, they don't give you as much funding as it was if you was an outside member. So I had to fight to get them to pay my salary if I wasn't working. They were asking questions like, oh, I had to do a medical exam. So you have to go to your GP and they have to examine you to make sure you're healthy. Asking you questions or different things about your health and they have to look at your medical records. So when my medical records went to them and they came back and they were like, Anika, so back in 2009, you had the STI checkup and you came back with chlamydia. So could you explain how that came about? I was like, yeah, I got chlamydia ready. <laughs> went and got a checkup. <laughs> like, and they're like, so in the future, do you think like that was, what would you do again? I'm like, clearly I regularly got tested. I'll use condoms in future with like partners and stuff. Like they really go into your life and you need to wow. explain everything. So. Yeah, it's intrusive. <laughs> wow, wow, yeah, that is a lot. What would you say to people who feel put off by that level of kind of in your business? I'd say it's a good thing to be honest because they want to see how would you cope if a young person comes to you in these situations and how would you deal with it? So everyone's had mistakes and done things in the past and not saying that you need to be perfect to come forward to be a foster carer, but they need to weigh out the risk to see how it's going to be onto the child. So as long as you did mistakes and you've overcome those issues and hurdles and you build those resilience to be able to continue in life, then I encourage people to come forward to be foster carers. Like these are the people that we actually need to be in the system. Culturally, a lot of us grew up in communities where our personal business was our personal business. And it was not meant to be taken outside of the home, let alone shared with strangers. Furthermore, the care system and social workers have not had the best reputations in our communities. One of the defining news stories of my childhood was Victoria Klimbe, the eight-year-old girl who was murdered by her great-aunt and her great-aunt's boyfriend. The inquiry that came after her death found that many organisations, including four different social services departments from four different local authorities, missed numerous opportunities to save her. That inquiry led to the introduction of the Children's Act in 2004, plus many other initiatives aimed to stop such a horrific tragedy from ever happening ever again. But still, social workers generally have been seen as untrustworthy by many of us, so the thought of being so thoroughly assessed by the system can put a lot of potential carers off from starting that journey. And that is understandable. But while they do rigorously screen potential carers for the safety of the children in their care, they are also on hand to provide support for foster families, as it's in everyone's interest that foster placements are successful. So I get my own personal social worker. So my nephew has his social worker and I get my own personal social worker and she is amazing. It's so good that i got a black social worker as well, so she can understand the struggles because she has a teenage boy herself and even though she's a social worker and she's in the system, she knows everything, she's still going through the same struggles and the trials of having a teenage black boy as well. So it's really good to have someone that can empathise and understand me in a cultural perspective. So that's how I really appreciate that support. There's also you get to go on training courses and stuff, but luckily for my career, I've done a lot of this training, but there's still training courses available 
obviously you get support with funding. So if you're a mainstream carer, you get paid a salary plus the child's allowance, so the children's allowance. But when you're a family member, certain councils will just pay you the allowance and they'll pay you something like £15 a week or something like that, which is not much support, but then they expect you to either work or to be on benefits to top it up kind of thing, which is something that I want to campaign for and advocate for because if I believe that young people should try and remain in the family before you try and find people outside the family kind of situation so that's something that I do want to campaign for but support in other ways I think it depends on your own personal family network and friend network because I do ask for referrals to other people to speak to when you're getting assessed so like your friends or family you need to put four people forward and usually they'll ask for people that will be in your support network in this kind of setup so you're going to have to have a good base yourself. Fair enough, you can come forward and there'll be support in the community. But within your own personal life, if you've got a good support network, that is good. And luckily, I've got my siblings, which are amazing, and my friends, which are just there to counsel me when I'm there. Mm-hmm. Like, like when he's gone off, I'm missing episodes and I'm there like, oh, the boy ain't came back. And they're like, oh, you'll be all right. So it's good to have that as a support network as well. There's services like Foster Talk and other charities that are there to support as well, like they have helplines and they have services within the charity like to help with your taxes because I'm self-employed now and I need to do my taxes. So, yeah, there's services like that to help you do that. Yeah, there's there's support out there, but it's also asking for the support. You can't just sit there and feel vulnerable and have everything pile on top of you you actually need to speak up and ask for the support and it actually is out there but of course this is the survival guide so we have to keep it real there are still barriers and hurdles to overcome especially when you're dealing with the cultural nuances of black children and black families and multiple local authorities who just do things differently at the moment i'm not having difficulties because At the moment, I'm working with one council and my nephew has a sibling that's in a different council. So obviously they do things differently. So at the moment, I ain't been able to have contact with his sibling because she's in a different council. So I'm having difficulties accessing that service and I'm having difficulties with that council. And what I find challenging about it from a culture perspective, because the siblings being fostered into a white family setup and they're having difficulties because I did get to go to one meeting and the foster mum actually asked if she could have support with doing my niece's hair. And I was there like, yes, me, hello, I used to do it. Can I like still have that bond kind of thing? And the person who chairs the me- meeting, the independent reviewing officer. So all the professionals set for my niece's social worker, which was black, and she was up for me supporting the foster mum doing this as well. But the independent reviewing officer was like, no, the foster mum's going to have to learn how to do it. She'll have to do tutorials and stuff like that. And, you know, because she's looking to be in her care full term. But I'm like, but what about the whole family set up like with the family doing it she doesn't need to go to salons like this used to be our bonds and stuff and doing things and I just don't feel like they understand in the system they don't understand their family and culture and how it's important to identity as well and 
how removing it and saying someone else can replace that culture is just like yeah I just don't understand and I feel like that can do more damage than good what in what they're trying to do kind of thing so yeah I have difficulties with the social services with like culture differences I would say and Mm. they don't understand how something can be really important to you but they just see it as minor and nothing yeah yeah that must be that must be really hard I remember someone asked me a question I think they worked with a family who had a social worker and I think the mum it was that it was the like biological mum of the daughter was basically trying to justify to the whoever was overlooking the situation um she was trying to justify the amount that she spent like braiding her daughter's hair because she used to take and basically the person was whoever was in charge of this review was basically saying that she was being irresponsible like with her money yeah they will have certain allowances for like say ha- getting your hair cut yeah they don't say like 20 pounds to get your hair cut thinking you just get a blow wash and cut like no <laughs> it's not yeah. a blow wash and cut so yeah they need to understand the different cultural needs for each individual child and then, yes, yeah, that's what we talk about when we talk about systematic racism, just the fact that there's that complete ignorance. Yes. First of all, as to how your hair as a young black girl has such a impact on your self-esteem. Yeah. And then to like the fact that you going to spend money to do your hair isn't like some frivolous, like, oh, why is she spending all that? Like, no, like it's an investment. Hair. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. So the person was telling me about it. And so the person who asked me was white. She was like, Is this like a normal amount to spend? And I was like, Yeah, that's a normal amount to spend on like on getting your kids' hair. She was like, Ah, yeah, because like we're trying to fight them on this because they're trying to say that the mom's being irresponsible with money. And Mm. I was so I was so mad. I was so 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 mad. Understand the frustrations, yeah. And that's what it is. It's like you're telling them something like this is what it should be and this is how it should be. And it's just you're hitting a wall because it's just like, no, they don't understand. This is how we've always do it. Because, yeah, the system is made up to look after white children, families, basically. The system isn't created for all the different cultures out there. Millions of people have lost weight with personalised plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Now, Anika's also mentioned a couple of times the difference in support available for mainstream foster carers and kinship foster carers. 
Kinship foster carers are people like Anika, who are related to the child in care and have put themselves forward to foster them. For many situations, a kinship placement is preferable as the child remains in the wider family network that they are familiar with, with the oversight of social workers to support the placement and ensure the child's general well-being. But kinship carers do not get the equivalent financial support that a mainstream carer would for the same child. When Anika put herself forward to care for her nephew, she had to advocate for the local authority to not only increase the financial support they were offering, but to actually pay the equivalent of the salary that she was giving up to be able to attend to her nephew's needs. It wasn't easy, but here's how she did it. I only got it because I met with the CEO of the trust. I like made a complaint and said to him, look, he's in a situation three to one. Look how much money you're paying at the moment where he's in. And I'm telling you, I'm going to have to leave work and I'm not going on benefits. I'm not showing him that life. I want to show him, you know, a better life. So you're going to have to pay me my salary if you want me to have him. And at the end of the day, you're going to be saving because how much money are you paying for him to be in a care home? So that's kind of the argument that I got for them to actually pay. The involvement of a local authority does make this approach to family a bit more complicated than most. One respondent to our survey described it as co-parenting with an authority figure that always gets the final say. While another said that such close involvement of a social worker can feel a bit unnatural. However, one woman said, we had a black social worker complete our assessment. This coloured our experience in a very positive way. He understood instinctively how fostering could provide us and the young people with a mutually beneficial experience. And another woman who is currently in the process of adoption said that although it was a long road, there was still joy to be found being on the journey with her husband, her birth child and their social worker. There are specific challenges and specific joys that do come with adoption or fostering. As one respondent said, The challenges are mostly to do with the legal system and getting the child settled without their biological parents. The joys are the smiles and cuddles I get from being a parent and knowing they don't have to go through a care system that gives black children the bare minimum. And another said that the challenges were the realisation that you are being assessed as to whether you would make a good parent. Also, you can find yourself falling into a parenting style from childhood that you don't like because you have a blueprint. I'm constantly rechecking my consciousness. However, once we met our daughter, it was like it was always going to be her. She's 50-50 us throughout. Anika agrees with this assessment of the challenges that becoming a foster carer brought her. It kind of brings out and highlights all your issues of childhood because you parent mm. how you wanted you to be parent kind of thing so that well that's probably how I'm doing it it's I'm parenting how I wanted to be parent so it will highlight for me it's highlighting childhood issues that I haven't really overcome so that will like impact on my well-being so I would say it's a lot of reflection and a lot of processing why am I thinking this why am I feeling this in certain situations yeah I think that's motherhood in general to be honest because I was like even just having two kids myself I just feel like 
all those issues that you had like when you were a kid like mm-hmm. they definitely come up when it's time you thought oh now I'm over it I'm over it I'm mm-hmm. cool I'm an adult and then you come mm-hmm. and you have a child and you're like oh wow like, I still need to deal with that I still need to <laughs> and I think that that's just the nature of any kind of like parental position yeah. like it makes you think again like how was I parented do I want to parent the same way that I was parented or do I want to change certain things are there habits that I need to break which are actually harder because I think that you can say oh you know I'm not going to do this like my parents did it but because that's all you you know know. yeah to actually change and do something different like it's hard because it's like what what's the difference I don't actually know what the difference is I just know I don't like this so Mm -hmm. yeah there's a lot of parallels in that like as soon as it comes to caring for a child whether they're biological whether they're related whether you're fostering like I think there's so much of the same things kind of comes up yeah so yeah like all forms of family fostering can be really hard I asked Anika what helps her to survive and thrive Mm, self-care definitely self-care and me personally is having something to look forward to if I can Focus my mind on having something to look forward to, even if it's just a meal out with friends, like something like I can prepare and get myself ready for, like that helps me get through the hard times. Like when I don't have nothing to look forward to, I'm like, yeah, this is crap. I start thinking all the negative stuff about the situation I'm in. So if I can have something positive to look forward to or just to be working on, if I'm working on like projects or if I'm working on an essay about something, or doing positive things with your family, like doing things with my mom, or doing things, even though I have a challenging times with my nephew, sometimes just doing positive things with him, like we will make dream we made dream catchers the other day, like doing something positive with him, like just to get over the negativity, like just to see show that we can do positive things as well. So yeah, it's just mm. flipping, just flipping you know your negativity I know it sounds simple but it's flipping the negativity into the positivity in some kind of way I'm kind of in survival mode to be honest yeah Mm. at the moment I'm in survival mode I haven't reached that self-actualization when I'm like yeah (laughs) I'm at the peak let's do this you know nah I'm currently at survival mode at the moment like I'm being honest I'm going through it so It's been just over a year since Anika began fostering her nephew. And while she feels like she's still getting to grips with this new dynamic, it hasn't dampened her desire to foster more children or to have one big blended family of her own one day. I'm ready to do the whole world after this challenge. Like (laughs) I'm saying as soon as I can, you know, get another young person in, I'm like literally doing this. I would like to do it like start a black care home eventually because I can't like foster everyone like I have 10 young people in general but if I cannot foster everyone I would like to do a children's home which is black orientated so you know they can meet those cultural needs. My attitude has changed in the sense that I feel like it's prepared me more for motherhood like to say when I have my own I'm going to be like yeah I'm on it like it's so prepared kind of thing so if anything it's made me more excited more broody maybe to have children of my own now so yeah it's kind of made me more enthusiastic about it even though 
you know, we have the nuclear family set up where you have the mom, dad, two kids, fence, dog, and all that. <laughs> but um dunno, I just think traditionally and like in different well, my culture in the Caribbean Jamaican culture, we do have not that typical nuclear family because some of the times my parent was my mum was brought up by her grandma, so her mum wasn't around and sometimes yeah kids are with their aunties or different kind of setups. So already there's already not the typical nuclear family setup. So I'm just, you know, expanding it to 2020 style with bringing in the foster kids into the setup. So it's already wasn't already traditionally nuclear. So it's just, you know, changing it up a little bit more. Finally, Anika had some advice to share with anyone who is considering fostering older children. I would say just having resilience and patience, even though have those high expectations of them, but have the patience for it to come to those expectations because it's not going to happen overnight. And that's what I need to keep saying to myself as well, because when things keep, you know, happening and I'm like, oh, we're back here again kind of thing, because it's hard to break those habits. But if you keep with the consistency of your positivity, you know, it, you'll see the rewards and you'll get those intrinsic rewards in the long run. Like they don't always come immediately. So it's patience and definitely having resilience to bounce back from certain situations like quickly, basically. With fostering, this isn't the only sector that you can go in to help young people because you can do lodgings as well, which is 16 to 18 year olds because there's youth hostels which are 16 plus so what they want to do is get them more into family environments as well so there's 16 to 18 year old lodgings which literally you just need to have a room in your house and that's when you don't have too much support from social services so it's just literally a room in your house that you can support a young person to come and live in your home and also you can be like a respite carer so you just have them when they in crisis or whatever and they need somewhere else to stay so you haven't got them all the time so there's different avenues that you can do to be like foster care and help in the system where there's young people that are looked after if you are interested in fostering or adoption you can get in touch with your local authority or you can visit quorum.org.uk that's C-O-R-A-M dot Quorum has one of the largest independent adoption agencies in the UK and also has lots of expert information on fostering. Thanks for listening to episode 9 of Black Ballad Presents The Survival Guide. I hope you've already subscribed and already rated and reviewed us in Apple Podcasts but if you haven't don't worry, you can go do it now. This episode was written by me, Gentella Benson, and produced by Christina Moore of Don't Skip. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.